Today we're going to be studying Psalm 115, and I hope that yeah, you've already uh, found your place in the Bible, but if not, or on a tablet, you can do that. love for you to open it up to that point, and I'm just going to read this psalm to you. So let's do that together. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory, for the sake of your steadfast love and faithfulness. Why should the nation say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk, and they do not make a a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them, so do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both great and small. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we can praise you. We thank you that those who are listening today, that they can hear your voice. They can hear that you are the God who... Uh, sees us, who knows us, who's called us, and I pray that that you would move in their hearts, that they would remember that they can praise you regardless of what's going on around them, whatever they may face, Lord, we pray that they would trust you. In Christ's name, amen. If you've read Psalm 114, uh, it it would help you just see uh, something of God's great deliverance. He is the one who has delivered Israel. And that has been uh, shown over and over um, throughout their history. If you were thinking back on it, if you were an Israelite sitting there and you were reflecting on uh, God's moments of deliverance throughout the scriptures, they'll be reminded of that. But like um, the people might forget, the people of the world could forget and they could forget like kind of like their memory could start fading And as it faded, uh, they would forget Israel's God and what he had done potentially. And sometimes we, like Israel, will forget what God has done. And we may be in a world where people are saying, does the Christian God, does he still act? Does he still work? Does he still move? Uh, We don't see that. And so maybe there are questions in that way. And so I just think it's important just to remind you, not only, like I said, with Israel, they need to be reminded and, and they need to see and, and re- remind themselves of the great deliverances that God had shown them. You could go back to them being in Egypt in bondage and the Lord delivered them uh, from Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world. And you think back even 40 years after 40 years of wandering uh, in the desert and then the Lord like led them into uh, the promised land and he there were great deliverances and so throughout the bible you see the lord doing that and one thing that's unique about israel's god and our god is that the surrounding nations had all of these um 
temples and they had little idols that they would set up. And they might have multiple gods in one temple. And I mean, just a variety of things. And, and it was one of those things where they would say, oh, look at our gods. And so they would make them beautiful and they would craft them and design them out of all different types of things. Well, Israel's God, he was not to be made with human hands. That He said, I am not a God to be made with human hands. You can't take something from earth and and then like sketch it out and or design it or craft it in some way and and somehow like think that that really could represent me you can't find anything in all of this creation that could represent me this is my world i created it and so to take me down to that level you can't do that and so one of the things, even with the Christians, as they began to follow the Lord and they came to know him, like in Rome, uh, they they were, some people even thought of them as atheists because they didn't have all these gods and these temples and all those things. And they would say, like, you can't, our God can't be brought down to that level. And that's something that you see in this psalm. And I think it's very important. Even early in Israel's history, in the Ten Commandments, the Lord said, you are not to make idols. You are not to create things um, uh, and carve them and say, oh, this is our God. I uh, That's bringing me too low. You need to see me as a God who Rain. So that's something at the heart of this psalm where he's saying, listen, the nations may be saying all these things like, where's your God? What is he standing up for you? Is he fighting for you? And he says, listen, understand this, our God. And it's kind of like the psalmist is both saying, Lord, stand up and make yourself known. But at the same time, he's kind of calling the people alongside him. And so he's saying, look, remember, our God reigns in heaven. He's over everything. He does whatever he pleases and you can trust him. And, and you can find hope and rest in him and live the rest of your life praising this God. He is not like the made-up gods of this world. Let it kind of speak to your heart and drive you forward in your praise of God. And for the unbelieving person, maybe somebody here, you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I believe in God. I would just say, this is like a, a, a defense of the faith. It, it, it's like coming to you and saying, like, you could believe in all of these things out there that, that surely kind of tell you that they're somewhat man-made. And then, then this comes and you hear these truths and you can logically think, does it make sense for God to, to look like the ways uh, that man creates him to look like? Or is there something about this God that we're speaking of that is distinct? Hopefully you will see that today. So what I would say as you're listening to this today is our loving and faithful God should be praised for these reasons. I'm going to give them to you and we'll look at them real quick. One, he is in heaven. Two, he is not like dumb idols made with human hands. Three, he is trustworthy to help and protect. Four, he promises to bless. And five, because we're not in the grave. Like as long as I'm living, I should want to praise him. So again, we're we were addressing that issue of why should we praise him? So let's start in verses 1 and 2. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations, nations say, where is their God? So we just start there. It's like, it's a declaration. It's, it's saying, like, we are not the ones to be praised. We are not the ones to be uh, uh, lifted up. God alone is, is worthy of glory. He alone is worthy of praise. 
when, when we think in terms of, again, those nations where they make their own gods, then, then really, in a way, you could say they're just an expression of praise to themselves, but, but not our God. When we see our God and understand who he is, there's no glory that belongs to us. When you think about the good gifts that you've been given, sometimes you have a tendency and, you know, you have people around you where they're always boasting about, oh, I did this. They're like the rescuer of every single story. I was telling my boys a story. I made up this friend uh, named Jojo the other night. And I was kind of joking with him. I told him it was somewhat fiction, partly true. But I was like, Jojo, he was always the, the, the uh, great hero of every story. And he had a new story every day. And I told him this long story. But in this context, we're thinking about this. He's saying, look, it's the Lord's glory that's at stake here. And it's in a way he's appealing to God to say, God, like, make sure that they know. Make sure that the nations know that they see that you, your steadfast love and faithfulness on display. We, we long to see your, your name be glorified. We're not trying to be in front and center. We're trying to hide behind you. And, and you to be on display before the watching world, your faithfulness, your steadfast love on display. Now, n notice what happens in verse 2. Why should the nation say, where is their God? He's, he's kind of appealing to God and at the same time trying to stir up uh, the people to see this, uh, to see what is going on. You think about it, one day they will see it. One day, all those who rebel against God will know. They will see him for who he is. One day, all of his enemies will be crushed. The mighty one of Israel will stand. Um, it, actually, uh, Matthew thirteen forty three says, even one day they'll see the righteous shining uh, like the sun in the kingdom of their father. One, one day, all that stuff is going to, going to be on display. But even in the, in the midst of all that, he's, there's an appeal kind of like, God, make sure that you make known to the world uh, your glory and your power uh, in your people, through your people. And so when they ask that question, then the psalmist is going to answer uh, why uh, we should praise him, why we should see this on display, why should we should why we should really uh, encourage people like turn to God now and trust him. He says, because he is in heaven. Our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. It's, um, it's a way of saying, listen, do you understand? He's not on this earth. He's not managed on this earth. He's not bound to earth. He reigns in heaven. He is the ruler over all. He, we saw that last week, but his power and divine attributes are on display in this earth. But he is reigning in heaven. The reality is, is these people who are saying, where is his, their God? It, the reality, I mean, that, the, the picture for us to understand is even when God came down to us, even when the Son of God came from heaven to earth, those people were still rejecting him. But, but the reality, the, the picture here, I guess you could say, is that you and I need to encourage one another to see that and remind ourselves that God reigns over all, and he reigns from heaven. He does whatever he pleases. And, and when the people in this world like that look at him and say, oh, where is he? What's he doing? Uh, is he accomplishing anything? Uh, the scripture even tells us that Pharaoh, who was the most powerful man in all of Egypt, even he was being used by God. His 
purposes were being accomplished even through Pharaoh's rebellion. So even those who are rejecting God, uh, they, they understand or will understand one day that he is, he is using even their evil purposes to accomplish his plan. So our loving and faithful God deserves praise because he is in heaven. And then second, he's not like dumb idols. I, I, this is an, a shocking way to think about this, but I think it is very helpful. Our God is not made by human hands. It, 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 it's silver and gold, like we don't take those and craft those and say, this is our God. You could go and study all the different ancient religions and, and really, honestly, if we were to look even at our culture, you would say, oh, I think that's an idol. Looks like one to me. People are cheering or bowing down or crying over. It seems like that, that it, it's so central to their life. They're, they're hopeless when it's lost. I mean, we see idols in our day. But if you were to look at the ancient world or even in the modern world and traveled around the country, you would see people creating gods or having gods. And those gods would show up in a lot of different places. And you might even go to some places in the world and you would see uh, these manufactured gods made by human hands. And, and you would see that people would even take food to them. And it's sitting in front of them. Like it, it's shocking uh, th that we see this on display. You will see people lose sleep and work all the time to try to. They're kind of, in a way, bowing down to their gods. And he's saying, listen, I, <laughs> our God deserves praise because he is not a dumb idol. Notice in verses 5 through 8, they have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see, ears but do not hear, noses they do not spell. They have hands but do not feel, feet and do not walk. They don't. They can't even make a sound with their throat. It, it, it's it's kind of this picture where you're saying like, hold on just a second. They're unable to do anything. They're just made up. They're they're just designed by man. They're just kind of, in a way, sometimes they 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 take on the the different aspects of creation. So they might look like an animal. They might look like a human, a big, strong version of a human. They might do all these things, but at the end of the day, they're made out of stone. You can go up there and tap on them. They can't say anything. They can't smell anything. They can't do anything. They're not mighty to save. They have no strength to save. They're not. They're made by humanity, and they literally are nothing better than a trophy. And so when they're asking, like, where is their God? They're like, well, I'll tell you what he's not, where he's not. He's not inside a temple made by human hands, and he is not an idol. That, that's he, he reigns in the heavens. Does he impact man? Does he involve himself in the lives of men? Of course. Does he watch out for his people? Of course. But he is reigning, and he is not something that we have made. Verse 8 says, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. So here, the picture here is this. Just as powerless and foolish as these idols are, so are these people. That's what they become. They become like them. They, they, they become like irrational. They're not even thinking clearly. They, they almost like... they. They have lost their minds, if you will. That's the kind of the picture. So our loving and faithful God deserves praise because he is in heaven. He's not like a dumb idol. Uh, 
And thirdly, he is trustworthy to help and protect. Verses 9 through 11. He says, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. That's what they saw throughout their history. You would think, um, what is going to happen? And, and in the last moment, God would come in. The people would watch him deliver them. People would shake. The people that had all those idols, when they heard that, that, that the God of Israel, Yahweh, had come, there, there was fear that struck people's hearts because he was all-powerful. And they, they knew these great deliverances. He would speak to his people, and then he would act on behalf of his people. And so he says, look, trust the Lord. Israel, listen, all of you, the people of God, trust the Lord. And he says, hey, Aaron, Aaron is like the religious leaders, the ones who are to speak on behalf of God to the people and minister on behalf of the people to God. And he says to them, you trust the Lord. And then thirdly, he says, you who fear the Lord. The idea there would be, I think, the, the, the picture for us is even those outside of the people of God in Old Testament Israel, you trust the Lord. You come to the Lord. You follow the Lord. Someone like Ruth in the Bible. You you come. He will accept those who all who fear him, all who trust in him, all the nations, even those outside of Israel in this time. You're just thinking, we're thinking in that context in that time. So we think in terms of, remember, our loving and faithful God deserves praise. We'd say, why? Why does he deserve praise? He is in heaven. He is not a dumb idol. He is trustworthy to help and protect. And then he will bless. He will bless. Notice what it says. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. What's he saying? He is speaking again to the nation, the, the, the chosen people of God. He, then he is speaking to the religious leaders saying, guys, come on, remember, he will bless us. He's going to watch over us. He's going. We are going to have this peace of knowing that the blessing of God is over us. And he's speaking to, to those outside of the people of God, saying, come. There's a, a big kind of refrain throughout the, the Old Testament where at different times you'll see the nations are going to be called into this to, to know and rejoice in God, to experience the blessing of God. And we see that even in Matthew, at the beginning of the book of Matthew, you see like the people of God being redefined as those who put their faith in the Messiah, who put their trust in God, who are blessed because they're coming to him in humble trust and they're believing upon him. And so it's just a beautiful picture. He will bless them. So he, he, is, he is trustworthy to help and protect and he is trustworthy to bless them. To, to give them peace, to give them security, to, to give them hope, to make to, to give them like the ability to say, we sit under his blessing. There's a certainty there. Again, that doesn't always mean like, oh, we're going to be the most wealthy people in the whole world and all this stuff. Blessing, to be, to be in a state of blessing is to be approved of God. And to know that he is watching over you. That his face is shining on you. And sometimes even in the midst of things where you're like, I don't even, how do I know that? How do I know that he is doing that and watching over me? He's promised to do that. To all those who call upon them, to him, to call upon him when they do, they'll know his blessing. They'll know what 
what it's like to be those who truly are, are eternally blessed. Now, the last picture here to me really kind of points us to um, the fact that we can trust him to be faithful and, and, and we can trust that he is deserving of praise because um, he, he's done all of these things for us. And then the response to that would be this is like, if all these things are true about him and we're still alive, then we should <laughs> praise him. We can spend our lives praising him. As long as we're not in the grave, if all this stuff is true, if he is a loving and faithful God deserving of praise and we're not in the grave, we should praise him. We should spend time praising him. We should look for ways to praise him. And look at verses 14 through 18. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the, the Lord's... Um, I'm sorry, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do those who go uh, who go down into silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. And so it's saying like, as long as you're living, as long as your family exists, as long as you're around, praise the Lord. You, you should bless the Lord. This picture here is kind of like, I know you're on earth and he's He's in the heavens and, 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 and on earth, the, 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 the children of men or however you know you want to say that, while they're on earth, there's going to be times where you're going to look at this and go like, it doesn't even seem like God's reigning over the earth. I mean, it just seems like things are in chaos and God has to some level given man authority on this earth to, to live and dwell. But what he says is this, like even in the midst of all of that, as long as you have air in your lungs, praise him, honor him, serve him. He, he deserves praise. As long as you can do it, then you do it. And that's, that's just this powerful picture for us. It's kind of interesting because you are, what, what you see when you're looking at all of this is that humanity has kind of two different ways that they go with regard to uh, worshiping a deity. You know, it, you, that's what you might say. One is that we worship the one true and living God. The other is we worship gods that we create. One comes from heaven and reigns there. One comes from the imagination of man. It's earthly. One is living and reigning over all things, and he does whatever he pleases, and what he does is right and good. The other has no power to do anything. And so in all of this, we would say, one is able to help and protect because he is not something that is deaf and dumb. The other could never deliver. One can bless. One could only bring a curse because he's false and empty. And so with all of that said, while you live, while you have the opportunity to speak to him, to sing praises to him, to honor him, the one who has revealed himself to us, the one who can hear our praise, the one who has spoken to us, 
the one who says by his right arm he'll uphold us and protect us, the one who is swift to come to our side and deliver us, while you have opportunity to praise him, you praise him. If you put your trust in these idols, you send your praise to all of these things that say they can deliver but cannot deliver, then you are the most to be pitied. But if you put your hope and trust in the Lord, then your praise will reach up to the heavens. It pleases the Lord. He delights in the praises of his people. And you should strive to do that with all of your might, with your whole being, as we saw last week. With all of you, you should want to live a life of praise to him. You are um, in the, to be in the center of his will, lifting up your praise to him, is the wisest, the most human thing that you could ever do. You were designed for it. And so I just encourage you in the midst of whatever you're living in, wherever you are right now, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're um, tired of all of what's going on. You're, maybe there's a list of things that you could say. But the one thing that you can do over and over again is to lift up your eyes to the heavens and bless the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you reign. We thank you that you have promised to be with your people. We thank you that you are true and right and good. We thank you that we can trust you to accomplish your will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And we ask that you would give us a great heart to praise you in all circumstances, in every hour, as long as we are able to live and breathe and move on this earth. We ask that we would praise you. And we look forward one day to when our faith becomes sight and we enter into an eternal bliss with you. We ask that you would remind us of that in the midst of our present sufferings. In Christ's name, amen.